Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2017 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Thursday the 1st of June 2017, entitled Giving as a King. And the Bible reading is taken from 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 18 to 23. Here's missionary Tom Hastings. Treasure is a little different way of talking about the blessings. Blessings are always a treasure to us. And um, it's a... Uh, Blessing to be, there's so many different aspects of missions and our heart. Uh, people think about, you know, missions being like the, the right arm of the church. And in some way you can think about that because the right arm is the arm of strength and an arm of power. And, uh, but really, missions is, uh, is not the right arm of church. It is the heart of a church. Missions actually is an attitude of caring for others. Uh, we've talked about last night as far as having, being like the Lord. The Lord is a giving for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so <clears throat> missions is a big part of our heart. Uh, we come to know the Lord as our Savior and I trust that everyone here it's of age has done that, but uh, you know when you when you find a treasure like Jesus Christ, uh, you want to share it. You're concerned about your loved ones, about your family, about your workers, and if a person has no concern about other people being saved, I have a question. You know, is they are they really saved? Have they really experienced the salvation of God? Uh, so it's it's a very normal thing to have a concern for others. Tonight, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about giving as a king, the treasure of giving as a king. And uh, look with me, if you would, into 2 Samuel chapter 24. 2 Samuel 24. And when you come to 2 Samuel 24, it's actually uh, later in the life of King David. And uh, actually, King David has committed a sin. It was the time that David commanded and, you know, forced that they number Israel. And the problem with numbering Israel at that time was that God had promised that Israel would become such a number that was unable to number. They had just become... And so, but he de depended upon it. He acted like a king. He forced it. And they came that, and so they came because of that, a judgment of God upon Israel. And that's the scene here. Uh, and and the, the angel of God has gone out to actually destroy Israel. And, you know, David was interested in becoming a, um, seeing how big, how strong Israel had become. And because of his numbering of it, actually there ends up being 70,000 Israelis killed by the angel of God. So this is the situation. But stand with me, if you would, for the reading of God's word. I'll begin here in verse 18, 2 Samuel 24, beginning with verse 18. <clears throat> and Gad came that day, and Gad is a prophet of God, came that day to David and said unto him, Go up. Rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aranah 
the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. And Aaronah looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aaronah went out and bowed himself before the king on his face before the ground. And Aaronah said, Wherefore is my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord, that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Aaronah said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen to burn for burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments and other instruments of oxen for wood. All these things did Aaronah as a king given to the king. And Aaronah said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we thank you for the example that Aaronah did as a, as a farmer and came and so freely gave that God's word said that he gave as a king. And God, we thank you for this testimony. Lord, help us to be have this type of an attitude. Whatever we own is not ours, but Lord, it belongs to you. And we are willing to give it to you as you desire to the time and to your will. Lord, we thank you tonight. Speak to our hearts. God, we are all servants in your work and your ministry. And Lord, just help us to be yielded instruments, always willing to do and to be what you desire of us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Giving as a king. Basically, people are either givers or takers. Givers or takers. Uh, I think in my life many times, uh, different people that have been giving to my heart my life. I, I think of uh, my mother. My mother was a very generous mo uh, mother, a loving mother. I think of my wife as being a very giving person and uh, many other people in our lives. I think of Max Dishman. He was a deacon in the first church that we had and he worked very hard. He uh, labored long, long hours, but he was always had a heart, had a heart's desire to be in God's house and to serve God. He was a very godly man. I, I think of another lady, Sandy would know, know of her, and in our German ministry over there, Rosie Wolf. She is now in heaven. She is uh, passed on, but she had a giving heart. She had a very giving heart to to people, to the Lord. And, and there's things, examples that they have, and it's an attitude. You do not have to be a king to give as a king, and that's going to talk about tonight. And I pray that your heart and my heart would be this kind of giving. Uh, first of all, if we're going to be as give as a king, uh, we're going to become like God. We're going to be like God. God is a giver. You know, he's the greatest giver of all times. In James 1 and verse 17, God's word tells us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. 
But we have a great God. He's a great example. He's a great Savior. And if we have anything good in your life, believe me, it comes from God's hand and from God's heart. Giving as a king. Beginning here again in verse 22, this great example of this farmer. And Ara now said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here are the oxen for, for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aronah as a king give unto the king. So he came here, he had a heart of giving. To give as a king is to give freely. Freely. Uh, we know that uh, King David had a desire at one point to build a temple for God. At that time when he became king, Israel did not have a temple. They had the, the, uh, the tent, yeah, tabernacle. They had the tabernacle. The tabernacle was now uh, 400 years old, you know, and things get worn. And, but it wasn't how worn it was or anything important. It was where God met with Israel and they came and they offered offerings. Uh, and so it was a very precious thing. But he wanted, he says, I live in a uh, nice house, a palace, and the, and the ark of God is in a tent. And so he had a desire. He had a desire to give it. And so uh, he had a desire. And God did not let him, I'm sure it's all you all are familiar, God did not let him build the temple. God said, you have been involved in wars. You're a bloody man. Actually, he had uh, caused me. Anyway, he says, you're not going to build it. Your son will build it. And you know, many times when we have a desire in our heart and God says no to us, it's possible that we get upset. I want to do this. And I've seen that happen with people. Uh, I know that when I became uh, with at age, well, I became a Baptist when I was, I guess, 19 years of age, uh, 18 years of age, something like that. I came in contact with them, and uh, I was uh, became uh, I was came into the church, was baptized, began serving God, and there came an opportunity. For the church to, they wanted a deacon. They needed, they wanted a new deacon in the church. And so I told them, I said, well, uh, I was doing all I could. I was going on visitation. I was teaching Sunday school. And I said, you know, I would present myself if God, if he wanted me to be a deacon. Well, they didn't call me as a deacon. And I said, well, you know, God did not choose to make me a deacon at this time. I think at that time, actually, I was probably 20 or 21 years of age. It was just before we went off to Bible college. I did not know. I, within two years, I was going to become a pastor, not only a deacon, but a pastor. You know, uh, but we need to come humility. If God does not give us, provide something, if God uh, closes a door, come with humility and say, well, God, it's not your will. Amen. And so he came here, and David was such a man. He says, okay, I'm not allowed to do it. I'm not allowed to build the temple. 
well, I'm going to prepare all that I can to build the temple. And so it comes here in the time of giving. Look, we're going to look, uh, you can keep that place. We'll be coming back there. But look with me in First Chronicles chapter 29. And uh, we find here that it's giving. David, King David is giving. Uh, the people of God are giving. We're going to begin here in verse 3, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above that which I have prepared for the holy house, even 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophrah and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house withal, the gold for the things of gold and the silver for the things of silver, and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artifacts. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? So David comes and he gives very freely. Lovingly, uh, you say, well, he was well off. You know, when David was called into the ministry, he was a shepherd's boy. He risked his life for God, and God blessed him because he had a heart to serve God. And you may say, well, he had so much to give. By the way, this 90, uh, what does it say here? It says 90 talents of gold. He gave no, 3,000 talents of gold that he gave. Three, you know, I, I figured out how much weight that was, how much gold that was. You're talking about, in today, the equivalent of $90 million worth of gold. That's how much he gave. And you say, well, he was so wealthy, then uh, easy to give. Uh, do the wealthy people you know love to just give out money? Most people are wealthy because they hold on to money, not because they give it. But here was something. God had given him possessions, and he had a desire to God's house, and he gave it freely, to give freely this. Christ commanded in Matthew 10, 8, uh, freely ye have received, freely give. This is, needs to be a heart of ours. It, you know, we have, God gives us uh, amounts of finances. We Sometimes God gives people more. Sometimes God gives less. Uh, and it's okay to possess things. God, David had that gold. But you see, the gold didn't possess him. He possessed the gold. And there's a big difference. We need to realize that our possessions are really God's possession. And we need to have a heart for others. Uh, there's a, a young man who's got saved, and he's in our, our German church work now, comes uh, from a very strict and hard family, and he had gone into many things in the world. He was, uh, he'd been even spent, he's a young man, he's like 25 years of age, 26 years of age. He spent some time in prison because of drugs and different things. And so he's come and he's gotten saved. Well, in talking with him, he was concerned. At 20, 
25, 26 years of age, he's getting his driver's license because he can't get around to get a job. And, he, and, he, and he's saying, I don't, I don't have a car. I, I'm just, I'm working. He took his test, I think, last week, whether he's getting his driver's license. And he was upset with God because uh, this and that. Now, God gave him a job that was practically next door to him, so he didn't have to have a job, have to have a car. And God's working toward these. And we tell him, you know, we have a God who's able, a God who's faithful. And if you, he withholds no good thing from them that walk uprightly. It says, if you need a driver's license, if you need a car, if you need another job, if you really need it, God will provide it if you basically just serve him. And I told him, I said, you know, you have a real need. You're a young man and you have some real needs. I says, I want to be a help to you. I want to be a blessing. I'll be praying for you. And you know what? One of his relatives the other month, they are going as missionaries to another country. I forget now. I think it's in South America. I'm not sure. Anyway, they're going and they gave him their car. You see, we have a God who's able in ways that we have no possible way to perceive. And you know why most of us don't have more money? God can't trust us with it. You know, one of the worst things that can happen to people is, is to win something like the lottery. Uh, it destroys lives. People give up their jobs. They, they can't trust their friends. There's all things that come about them. They, they go in, in excesses and, and waste their lives away. Uh, if God can trust us, then God can use us and give things through us. But we have to have a trustworthy heart. David had a heart for God. God entrusted him with wealth, and he dedicated that to God. And praise God. You know, uh, some people, and I think these are thoughts that come in all of our minds sometimes. We say, wow, I wish I really didn't have to work a lot of money, a lot of time to earn my money. If I had more time, I would be at the church doing this work. I would doing on visitation. I would do that. If I had more money, oh, I would give so much for the church and for missions around the world. You know, uh, it is not about what we would do if. We are not responsible to do, for what we do with what we would get if. We are responsible for what we do with the time that God gives us. God gives us all 24 hours a day. We have the responsibility, we have the opportunity every day to read God's word. We, God gives us finances that we have. And if we are faithful with what God gives us, he can trust us with more. And so we are responsible for what we do with the time and the finances and our attitudes that God gives us. This is so important. And they give freely. This is an attitude of a giving as a king is to give freely whatever God wants. And then secondly, to give joyfully. Now we, we read here in First Chronicles 29, and we talked about all that he gave. 
And then in verse 9, and he opened it up in verse, the end of verse 5, he says, Who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? And then they came, and they gave, and they offered willingly, it says. And verse 9, then the people rejoiced, for they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. You know, that's the type of hilarious giver that God loves. You know, we ought to be so thankful we can give. And, and that's a great treasure is to have a giving heart to give unto the Lord. Uh, you cannot outgive God. We, it's been read before, and I think it's such an important verse passage here. I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 through 8. Uh, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver, as talking about hilarious giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. You see, this is, and this is just not talking about, okay, I'm going to sell everything I have and give all the money that, no, that's not what it's talking about. It's just having it be accessible by God. Whatever you have, I mean, your car, your clothes, whatever. Uh, I know that uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I were ministering over in Dublin, Ireland, or just outside of it. A missionary a friend of ours over there, they're uh, starting their second ministry over there. And, uh, and I was there, and I had a, I have a burgundy jacket, a burgundy ja sport jacket, has gold buttons on it, colored anyway. They're not real gold. But it's one of my favorite jackets. Burgundy happened to be Brother Bob's favorite color. And you know what? He took that jacket, he put it on, and it fit him perfectly. You think, well, I didn't give it. God didn't speak to my heart. I need to give that to him at that time. I kept that jacket. The next year after that, I turned 70 years of age. I know you can't believe it, but I turned 70 years of age. Anyway, oh, I think Brother David, he believes it, that I'm 70. But anyway, uh, and so I turned 70. And just a, a month before that, I think in January, he turned 70. And where he was, they had no celebration. Well, they organized in Bossenheim a celebration for my 70th birthday. And Brother Bob and his wife, Miss Kathy, came to be with us for this celebration. Well, God moved my heart. It says he turned 70, and they didn't celebrate it, really, his 70th birthday. I gave him that jacket. I gave him a very nice tie that matched it, a nice shirt that matched it. I gave that to him that day. And, you know, in my heart, there was a little tug there. That was my favorite jacket. And I gave it to him. I said, well, I want to do that. I want to be a joy. And, you know, 
When we give something to God, it ought to tug at our hearts. It ought to mean something. It ought to speak to us. Not that we don't do it, but say, okay, that's a price I'm willing to pay and give it. You know, the next time that we went back on furlough to America, I went down because I bought that jacket at J.C. Penney. <laughs> and I went back to J.C. Penney, and you know they had that jacket on sale. That jacket normally cost $200 in a in penny, and it was on sale, I think it was, what, $60. And so God gave me that jacket back. You know, you can't outgive God. I tell you, it's, it's right now in, in, Boston, in our area in Germany, and our, my jacket is hanging in my shrunk back there, my wardrobe. Anyway, you know, you can't outgive God. Uh, the Lord said, Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Last night I preached actually a warning against covetousness. And believe me, this pride and this covetousness is a problem we will be dealing with as long as we walk on this earth. Uh, this is a natural tendency for us. We want to gather. We want things for us. But we're not supposed to lay up treasure here, lay it in heaven. But you know what? They come there. And going back to our text now in 2 Samuel 24, kingly giving as a king, we see here that also... Kingly giving pays the price. Uh, we're going to read here again verses 22 through 24. Uh, and Aaron out said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be the oxen, here be oxen for the burnt sacrifice, and threshing instruments, and other instruments for the oxen of the oxen for wood. All these things did Arana as a king give unto the king. And Arana said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Arana, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. He said, you know, uh, and you know, I, I see myself in this. You want to do something? All of a sudden someone says, oh, here, you can have it. You don't have to pay for it. Just do it. We say, wow, that saves some money in my pocket. That's, again, the covetousness. But you see, a kingly giving is willing to pay the price. David says, I want to give something to God, but I want to do it that costs me something. And it costs something. There is a price. There, God will prove our hearts when God burdens our heart to give. And I, if we opened it up now to testimonies, I'm sure that there would be many testimonies here tonight among you where you have gone through some hard times in your giving. I remember back on furlough, when we were coming back in, in the 80s, and uh, we were just starting to raise our support, and Sandy was in, had the house with the children, 
uh, in Grapevine, Texas. And I was off and I was traveling. And you know, she had her expenses. Our children were in school. Uh, I was ha driving, I had a car, I had the expenses of a car. And we were coming up at the end of a, uh, really at the end of a month, toward the beginning of the month, when the rent was due again. And we didn't have the money. We did not have the money for the rent. And I was concerned. These concerns are real. Uh, we've got to have money for food. We've got to have money for, I mean, it's just a part of life. And I was in a little church down in southeast Texas. I mean, it's almost in Louisiana down there. And it was a little church. It was on a church, and there was uh, no more than what's here tonight in the church service. And I did not say anything to the pastor. And the pastor, Kate, got up, and I, I preached that morning. He says, I believe our brother has some needs. I says, we need to take a good offering for this missionary today. And that, they took the offering that morning, and there was over $400 that came in out of that small group. I mean, God just did it. I didn't have to tell anybody. God knows the need. And God is able in ways that we cannot even fathom to come and, and provide our needs. Uh, God likes to do it in ways that we do not comprehend. Uh, I mentioned Rosie Wolf. I mean, she, she was one who had a, a real heart for giving. She was handicapped. She, was in a, she had multiple sclerosis. She, had, uh, she was in a wheelchair most of her life. She had many operations. But she always had a testimony for God wherever she went. And one time, she, was, she got a raise in the money she gets from the government. And she thought, well, all the handicapped people, she was in a handicapped club, Probably all of the handicaps got this raise. She went and she talked to the other people that were handicapped, and not a one of them got the raise. And the amount of the raise was how much she gives every month to the Lord in the church. You know, we have a God who's able. He's not limited. He's in control of things. And when we trust God and when we love God and when we give to him and our, our income, our, what we have is his. And we have it, believe me, it's the miracles that God will do and can do in our lives. <coughs> so they came and we paid the price. We're willing to go through and God tests our heart, but we're willing to trust. Now, I'll say this. I believe there's three ways, basically, that God can provide the funds. First of all, he can increase our income. That's the first thing we think of. God can increase, and God can, and I've seen that so many times happen in my life. God can decrease your outgo. Uh, we have, uh, I, forget, I probably need to ask my wife on this, but we bought, when we came back uh, to Germany in 82, we came back and we bought a, a washer and dryer. We bought new. Uh, how many years did we have without any repairs or anything? 24 years, our washer and dryer. Do you know that the children of Israel, they walked in the wilderness 40 years, okay? The Word of God says their shoes did not wear out. 
Does anybody here have any shoes that's lasted 40 years? I don't have a hand up like that. That's bad news for the women. They're always wanting new shoes. But my wife looks at this because I have more shoes than you. Anyway, uh, but, you know, but if we need it, God can make it last. And God makes things last. I mean, God is able to make things last and or last much longer. Praise God for the way he's, God gives us sales so that we, and my wife's the queen of shopping. I mean, she gets the sales. I get, I look for sales. You know, God provides that we can get things less expensive. God can decrease how much we have to give out. And there are some times when we have to just tough it out. God tests our hearts and we say, we're going to do without things. And, and Pastor talked about that also on Sunday. We can do without things. We don't have to have everything we want. We can do without for the cause. We can pay a price. And believe me, when you're, you know, missions is such a blessing for us who are saved. I mean, it's a great treasure just being involved in worldwide mission. Those precious souls that are being saved and we're able to invest in all these different countries and give what a great blessing that is. It's a matter of great blessing for us and rewards and, and even the presence of God, that blessing that comes upon us. But you know, it's a question of heaven or hell for those that are waiting. It's not just an easy question. Well, we want the blessings. We're going to do this. Uh, God has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so we have a responsibility. It's a matter of blessing for us. It, and by the way, there's a tremendous blessing in seeing how God supplies. It makes life adventurous. It really does. How's God going to do it this time? I don't know. You know, when we were building the church there in, in uh, Bassenheim, Germany, when we purchased the building, how God worked miraculously. He provided. I, I remember one time we were having to, we had bought an older building. It was a, a town uh, survey, uh, multi-purpose building. It was a gymnasium. And so we were building inside it, the Sunday school rooms and a fellowship hall up above and everything. And at one point we had the, had it all built. We were, we needed to buy concrete. Well, this is just one example of many. And we had to buy concrete. And there are some different ones that provided that. We came down to only two that really would fit into the need. And one of them was this much price. And the other one was half the price of the other. Now, don't you tell, I don't, can't tell you why, but I'll tell you, God provides in miraculous way what we need, but we have to be about the Lord's business. And so paying the price, giving that, and uh, just giving the, paying the price and giving it. Now, he, was, he gave as a king, but he gave it to the king. You know what he did? He gave, he not only did he give this provision for the Lord, for his king and all that, but he gave it, he gave honor to his king. You read here in verse 23, all these things did Aranau as a king give unto the king. And Aranau said unto the king, the Lord thy God accept thee. Now, that was important words. David was in trouble with God. 
He had caused Israel to be counted when he knew he shouldn't have done it. The whole judgment, 70,000 people of Israel were killed because he had them counted. And so here came, and, and this man didn't come and say, Oh, David, you know, you're just living in sin. You're, you're cause all this numbering. You're under the judgment of God. He spoke of respect unto a king and gave him respect. You know, God's men ought to be respected. We ought to respect each other. But he comes and we need, he loved and respected his king as a man after God's own heart. And we need to honor those men of God who God gives us. In 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17, the word of God tells us, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. The men of God ought to be respected and honored. But we need to give as unto the Lord, giving to the king. You know, we, we think too often it's just a personal relationship. But believe me, uh, the God's word tells us, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. When we took up the offering tonight, it wasn't just giving something for the missionary. Not to the church, you're giving to the Lord. I've heard someone say that when they came time to bring the offering, it says, give that as if you were putting that into the hand of God. Do it as unto the Lord and for the glory of God. Yes, also Colossians 3 and verse 23 and 24, God's word tells us, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Praise God. Do what we do in all submissions for the Lord and to the Lord. Yes, and they gave, he gave this before the King of kings and Lord of lords, because at that time, God paid attention to what he gave. He wrote down in his word. He was giving this oxen. He was giving, he was, he wanted to, and God wrote it down and recorded it in, in his word here. And they gave it. Uh, uh, let's read here verses 24. Uh, I'll begin with verse 23 again. All these things that Aaronah as a king give unto the king. And Aaronah said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. And the king said unto Aaronah, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of what of that which is doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for fifty shekels of silver, silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land and the plague was stayed from Israel. By the way, did you know that this place where this was purchased where the, is where the temple of Israel, God was built. Solomon built his temple there. He purchased that. And so it's such a, he gave it and God recorded what a blessing that was. Uh, you know, we, we need to give unto the Lord. When the widow gave her might in Luke 12, uh, 21, excuse me, Luke 21, and he, Jesus Christ, looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into this treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting it thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, 
that this poor widow cast into the off, uh, hath cast in more than they all. For all these out of uh, have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her pernary or poverty hath cast in all the living that she had. You see, God doesn't look many times as how much we gave, how much we had afterwards left over. And believe me, this widow woman, she put in all that she had. She didn't die of hunger. God provided. We have a God who's so faithful, who's so loving, and he looks upon our hearts, and may we have the heart even of that poor widow man. And you know, we're not to lay up treasures in heaven. I mean, on earth, we are to lay up treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So how does your heavenly bank account look? Yes, we need to be careful that what we have does not own us, but that is God's control, and we can be used of him. And first of all, we give ourselves to the Lord. This has been spoken of so much. And in 2 Corinthians 8, I begin here with verse 3. For to their record I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we'd hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You know, we are going to prove the sincerity of our love. God proves us. And I'm thankful. I, I think the fact that your church has through the years supported these missionaries, my, you've got many treasures laid up for many years in heaven. And uh, God bless you. And God's going to take care of you because you have a heart for the Lord, a heart for those that Jesus Christ died for. And praise God, he has a purpose for us and uses this. So giving, giving, you don't have to be a king to give kingly. God help us to have such real and blessed at high attitudes of giving to God. And think of our giving as what God commands and what we give and trusting that God will provide as he has promised. Believe me, God is faithful, and God is able. He checks, and he looks at us, and he sees where we are, and he loves us to provide our need. Just like this young man who was so concerned about not having a car, you know, uh, he needed to be just concerned about being obedient to God. And as he came back, God has provided. God will provide for him, but God will provide for us. He, he died for us. You know, he, want, he will uh, withhold no good thing from them that walk uprightly. God, help us to walk uprightly, to pray uprightly, to give uprightly, and to lay up our treasures in heaven. And when we get there, and that may be tonight when God comes back. I saw some clouds out there. Lord's coming back in the clouds. I want to be found faithful when the Lord comes back. And, you know, I was thinking tonight as we came in, some of these boys that are here tonight, you know, I was a boy that age one time. I, some of these girls, they, my wife was that age one time. The missionaries can sit right here. I, I remember one time they show a picture of a little boy, and it was a son of this man. He says, he's now the pastor of this church. He's now the missionary doing that work. But you know, being faithful where you are. I talked about Max Dishman, one of the men that I think about having a heart of giving. 
He worked uh, 50 hours a week at the Hormel meat plant in Springfield, Missouri. And he was the deacon out at the church there, at our church in Marshfield, Missouri. He drove uh, 26 miles one way to work and back. And on Sunday mornings in the wintertime, we didn't have central heating. He would go down to the church and he would turn on the heater and he would kneel down and pray every Sunday morning that God bless the church. That church went through many pastors and finally that church was fruitful and grew and, and it was because of this man's faithfulness that God blessed and used. God will bless faithfulness and bless faith and a loving heart that loves to give, freely give like David did. God help us to have that loving heart Let's stand for prayer. Our Lord and God, we come tonight, and I know that you have a ministry for every one of us. It's not just a few that you call into special service, but Lord, every one of our services is special to you. Every part of this body has a ministry that you have for them to fulfill in this church. And God, I pray that whenever you do come back, that you will find each one of us faithful Lord, and help us to have a heart of love to where our whole being, our whole lives, and all of our possessions are there at your command. Lord, that we might honor and glorify you. God, help us have a loving heart of giving, to be hilarious givers of our time, of our prayers, of our lives for each other, and God, of our, our funds. Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon us. You gave your all for us. You purchased us, Lord. Help us to give back to you all that that you've given to us. And we thank you for the privilege of being your children, of serving you. And I pray for that soul here tonight that is lost and has never truly trusted you as Savior, God, whatever their age, whatever their situation, God, that even tonight might be the night that they surrender to you and be saved. Maybe someone here, you're calling into your ministry somewhere, a special ministry on a foreign field or even here in England. God, we claim your victory and your blessing upon each one of us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.